Hi, everyone. Uh, before we get into the episode, we're starting things a little bit differently. Uh, first of all, we want to thank you so much. Uh, we saw the insight uh, for the number of listens uh, this last uh, week, and the numbers were very humbling. So thank you so much for listening. A special shout out to uh, Patrick Campmeyer, um, who is, you can see, is the number one fan. Um, you know, you can always email us at talkingtwinpeaks at gmail.com. Uh, we will take a look at their, your um, comments, questions, concerns, uh, insights uh, that you want to uh, give us as well. We Very, very happy to hear from you. Joe, do you have anything else to say to the amazing fans that we have? Yeah, uh, please send uh, all your uh, all your YouTube covers of just you and I to Paul. He loves that song <laughs> so much. Uh yeah, thank you guys. It's it's awesome knowing you guys are all out there listening. Uh, yeah, you it just it's it's really it's really fun for us to do, and we're glad that you're up. You you guys are uh, listening to us ramble about a show we love. So. Yeah, I tell you what, if if, you, if someone does, if if I start getting an influx of you and I covers, I will put them on our YouTube channel. I will we will put them on the showdown, and we will actually play them on our podcast. I that is something I will totally do. <laughs> so all right well yes from both uh joe and i thank you again and we hope you enjoy uh this episode um part uh 12 Welcome back to a podcast above a convenience store, Talking Twin Peaks. I'm Joe Fremming. With me, as always, is Paul Muadib. Paul, how are you doing? It's me, Destiny, Joe. Yeah, it is. It's me, it Destiny, me Destiny, to be here. <laughs> it's me, Destiny, to be here, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Took the words right out of my fucking mouth. <laughs> Fuck it, Ray. <laughs> yeah, we're... Uh, Look forward to the end of our little journey here, Paul. Uh, we're on part 17 of The Return. The past dictates the future. Uh, we only have one more episode and then two more podcasts after this. Yes. Well, so, yes. Uh, I'll, I'll let everyone know um, ahead of time. Yes. So, so we got the this episode. We got 18. We got the um, final dossier. And then we have the, um, the, the skeleton key to Twin Peaks book. And... Um, um, and then there is a there is a fifth episode, but you and I aren't recording it. It's already been recorded, and that is the interview with a never peaker. So, so that will also come out. So you guys have you know you, there, we got we got five things coming out, um, and then we'll be we you and I have discussed this, um, but I think we can let the listeners know we'll be transitioning to another type of podcast. Yep, uh, 
Yeah, we will be doing uh, a music podcast <laughs> where yep. uh, it's similar to like what we've done with our respected other projects with uh, Cast That Movie and The Joe Down. But I think it's going to be a, it's it's not going to be as antagonistic. <laughs> no. <laughs> what we're going to be doing is uh, we're going to be reviewing an album each week. Uh, yep. One gets to pick. The other has no say in it. And you know we'll be doing research and stuff into it, and uh, we're still uh, we're still going to be working out the kinks on that. But it, it'll be interesting. Uh, we're both music nerds. We know a lot of like weird factoids about crap that nobody cares about. So that should be interesting. Be interesting. real interesting. Yeah, yeah, doing, yeah. I think I think that's going to be part where I'm going to go and do is like some of these albums that have like a really weird backstory. <laughs> <laughs> And going that route. And then also when we find out about the Twin Peaks and I read something um, real quick before we get into this episode um, about, you know, we talked last week that David Lynch has this project called Wisteria. And we said we don't think it's going to be a Twin Peaks project. We think it's going to be Ronnie Rocket. Well, I read something today of all things that there's some people and there's some hints and there's more people that are leaning towards it this is going to be a carrie page project it could be uh the wisteria like i mentioned in the last podcast is uh, you know there's a road in uh odessa mm-hmm. texas uh it depends it just, you know we have no idea what lynch has up his sleeve uh we do know mark frost has no involvement with it that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean anything because he didn't really have any involvement with Fire Walk with me. So uh, who knows? Who, who knows? knows? <clears throat> I am hoping, I, personally, I, I know this is going to be crazy coming from, because people want it. I'm personally hoping for Ronnie Rocket. I am too. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, we, we've done, we've been doing a podcast on Twin Peaks for almost a year now. Yeah, I would like to see him do something different. I'd like to see him do something different. I, and not to say that I don't want a continuation. Like, I personally, for me, I would rather get a book by Mark Frost with a forward by David Lynch for a, for the next Twin Peaks thing. I would love a book. Um, uh, honestly, I'm I'm good if we never get Twin Peaks again. Okay, I think, fair. I think the return and the final dossier wrapped it up uh, again. But Lynch has been known to like leave the world of peaks to return so who knows who knows who knows all right all right joe let's get started let's get us get us going on this episode before i go on another weird ass tangent (laughs) yeah and again uh, all apologies to al strobel from the last episode uh paul went off the rails (laughs) wildly inappropriate i thought You're, you're gonna you're gonna restrain yourself because he is in this episode. I, I just please just leave the man alone. He's he has enough. He, he's been through enough, Paul. You put him through the ringer last lot last. Uh, you know I I will um I, I there's gonna be I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut because there's gonna be some there's there's gonna be some things going on in this episode. <laughs> All right, <laughs> okay. This episode, uh, it begins, uh, I believe, probably shortly after uh, Tammy and Albert shot Diane into another dimension. Cole's sitting with his gun. Uh, He couldn't do it. He couldn't shoot Diane. Uh, 
uh, maybe he's gotten soft in his old age. Uh, not the where it counts. counts. <laughs> not where it counts, buddy. Not where it counts, buddy. <laughs> of course he threw that in there. Uh, yeah, then this is where uh, Cole tells us, gives us more information on Judy. She's, uh, which was an entity called Jow Day. Uh, we get, you know, so he's been working uh, behind the scenes more than he's let on. Like, same with uh, Albert has worked behind the scenes more than he's let on. So we can kind of see that they all have their, all they're filled with secrets. Okay. I want to dissect this part a little bit here. This is one of the tangents I knew where I was going to go down in this episode. This, what... <sighs> What Gordon, what Gordon Cole's laying out here is in direct contrast to what we read in the secret history, though. Um, in terms of the fact that <clears throat> Major Briggs and Cooper were together the whole time, right? If you remember from secret history, Briggs wasn't sure that he was supposed to be contacting Cooper when they when they were finally going to meet. It wasn't Cooper. It was Mr. C. Mm -hmm. So there is some retconning going on here. Paul, this episode retcons the whole fucking show. Well, okay. I I understand that. I'm just <laughs> saying retcon. retcon. All right. Let's not get there quite yet. And I and I want to sum up says people always ask about what the fuck Jaude or Jude is. Okay. And I want to clear this up once and for all. Because there is, quote, real world or real text about this character, okay, or this this entity. Um, it's from it's an ancient Sumerian. Um, now, for to understand, Sumerian dates back to probably one of the original religions in the world, dating back to at least three thousand BC. Um, now, it's a it was, was it's spelled J O U D Y Jode was a female form of Utuku, um, which was an escaped wandering demon that feasted on human suffering. It was said that in the Sumerian text, um, and this is where uh, Baal comes from, that if the male and female forms were ever married while on Earth, the union would produce an even more malevolent being hastening the end of the world so this just explains in some way to me why bob was seeking out jude even though he was born from it they were the male and female of this particular even worse demon um so this comes from sumerian mythology so i know i, I reason why i want to bring that up is because there's a lot of things that i've been hanging on to till we got longer deeper into these episodes to really touch base on so that's what Judy or Jaude is in terms of where Lynch got the idea from. Can is I, uh, he ask you something real quick, just because it's on my mind? <clears throat> because yeah. like you said these entities would combine and create basically an, another entity which would bring on the end of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting because uh, Jaude is in Sarah, Bob was in Leland, mm -hmm. and they produced laura so that's kind of like it's kind of cool how that kind of factors in in a weird way you know what i mean yep and think about it that's why bob wanted laura so bad because that would have been the ultimate power that's my theory yep that makes 100 percent 
sense to me, Paul. Yeah. And I, I think, agree. I agree. Yeah. I Okay. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. This is something I've been sitting on this entire podcast um, because I'm very, I'm, I'm not a, uh, I want to make it very, I consider myself a amateur scholar of, um, of theologian of religions of all of them. Um, but <clears throat> I'm not. Sumerian is something that is like really, really, really complicated and uh, deep to get into because there it, it is so old and it's from a time where writing really, really, really wasn't a big thing. And there's all these different deities and gods and times and the Babylonians and all these things and different takes from it. So it's very difficult to 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 be able to disseminate what was real Sumerian and what was modernized, uh, you know, Sumerian, like people that threw in their own two cents compared to what was there. So take it for what it is. If you're going to go down a Sumerian rabbit hole, you got to go into it with a very, very critical, very, 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 very critical eye of what you're being told. So there it you go. It seems like it's really open to interpretation. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Since when you get a, yeah. the basics of it is so hard to decipher because there was no written language right right because it was again this three thousand year old and it it wasn't it was you know there was other groups just like um you know just it's kind of like um if you try to take you know we understand between the greeks and the romans because it's more current history where a lot of the gods from the greeks the romans believed then they had different names that type of thing a lot of that went on with the sumerians because there was other groups that followed the Sumerian, you know, but they all, you know, just like anything, we have how many versions of Christianity, um, you know, you have the, that, it's the same thing with Sumerian. So it's hard to dig into what was original Sumerian. I'm sorry, I just wanted to say that. So that's what's been going on this whole time in that regards. Now, what's really also interesting to me in the scene is we find out that Gordon Cole was the informant to Ray Monroe when we thought it was Albert that was working with Ray the whole time. Yes, I uh, I got that completely mixed up. Yep, yep, yep. We both did. We both did. So you know that was kind of this thing, um, uh, uh, of that of that regard. So yeah, it was Cole that was working with, and you know he, we know he was working with Jeffries because he's aware that Jeffries isn't uh, isn't around in the, any normal sense. Yeah, this, what he says is Jeffrey, who doesn't exist anymore, not in the normal sense. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Cole is more attuned with whatever these lodges, uh, other worlds are. It seems mm-hmm. very much so. So look yeah, So, but again, I just want to. I just want to talk about. Even though this episode does recount, does recon the whole goddamn thing, and we'll get to that um, because we don't really find that out until next episode. I mean, we 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 know, but we well, well, we see it at the very end. Yes. Yes, and uh, there there's a big clue at the very end, um, I believe. So, um, yeah, I like that. I like that uh, Sumerian thing and like how they kind of play with that mythology. Uh, mm-hmm. you, and you know, we all know uh, Lynch is very interested in you know philosophies and all that. So, like, this seems like a perfect like match with Frost, who's like very much the historian, and then uh, Lynch, who's very much attuned to like you know. Not spiritual, it's but like more, you know, deeper thinking. 
So. Yes, he is big into, well, you know, he's in a transcendental, we talked about this, uh, transcendental meditation, he's into numerology, he's into a lot of different, uh, a lot of different things. Um, so yeah, this is like a perfect marriage. Like, I think this is why Lynch and Frost work well together. Like yeah. this right here explains why Lynch, like Lynch and Frost work so well together. Yeah, they play off each other with, and it really shows off their strengths writing wise here. You know, yes. You know, Lynch is very much amazing with the visual arts but like i think like when we get this and like again playing with that the dynamic of jowdy and uh, the 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 basically the antichrist and then you got that overlapped with the palmer family like i just it just it really just it makes it fun as a fan it does make it fun as a fan and this is one of the one, one of the things and uh you know uh i, I don't want to give too much away on our on our on our final recorded broadcast but this is something where the the skeleton key the the, the other book we're going to be going into really talks about these layers now um i don't want to give anything too much away beyond that until we get to that actual podcast um because <clears throat> i have theories about that as well but yeah i i just you know there is so much going on here because like if you read the secret history, what you're being told by by Cole is completely goes contradicts some things. So if we're to believe, you know, if we are to believe in the world of this, it means that Briggs, even in the in the secret dossier, was leaving things out, or like we know about with his handler, continuity isn't um, isn't. Um, David Lynch's strong point, we know that David Lynch didn't read either two of the books, so he doesn't know exactly what was put in there. Well, you know, but uh, I think he knew what was in there. Uh, but we also have inconsistency with secret history and uh, the show itself, uh, which leads me to think that, like, uh, the, the the secret history almost acts as an, an unreliable narrator, in a sense. Yes. And then considering Briggs is so into the secrecy, having a written thing i think he has to in in the basic gist of how you know everything's confidential i think he's throwing uh throwing the reader into different areas in case it's found by the wrong people i think i also think that's what was going on there as well Maybe a little I, bit but you know like we got norma's uh was it yeah norma's parents that didn't make any sense and mm -hmm. you know because norma's mom died in the book when she was young but then we got yes. final dossier touches upon that a bit uh but yeah it's i think there's like a lot of things going on here where it's i just it's unreliable for a purpose yes it's unreliable for a purpose but also also we've talked about this too there is the real life implications going on as well uh, of that David Lynch hated and Mark Frost hated some of the stuff that was done in in the second season. So this is a way for them to 25 years later change some of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So off that tangent, we do get like some things. Uh, so Ray, uh, cryptic message that the Cooper, the prison and Buckhorn or not in South Dakota uh, was looking for coordinates from Briggs. Uh, so we got that. Uh, you know, that's when we find out uh, Cole was the handler on that, uh, posing as Jeffries mm -hmm. to uh, Coop, Mr. C, and uh, Ray Monroe, that fucker Ray. That fucker Ray. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, the FBI calls and they, they found Dougie Jones. They just don't know where he is. 
Yes. <laughs> Which I forget what Albert says, but it's like, he makes a crack like this. Is, what is this, like a Marx Brothers movie? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> he finds him. We, but we, we found him, but he's missing. Yeah. I love, I love Albert. I fucking love Albert. And, um, but uh, then, then Bushnell comes, comes wandering in. And he's like, is that, is that so-and-so? Um, is that, is that, is that Gordon Cole? So funny. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. And he, he reads the message to Cole that, you know, he's, uh, Cooper's heading to Sheriff Truman's. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gives a time. I, for, I didn't get time to write it down, but it, it ultimately adds up to like 10, the number of completion, which kind of oh, goes into two, the numerology. I think you're, it was 253. It's 253, yep. which leads up to 10. Yep. Yep. Top 10, the number of completion. Uh, again, like Lynch loves numerology <clears throat> and uh, just playing with numbers and all that. So it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, Tammy looks up the goings on of Douglas, Douglas Jones. <laughs> yeah. She brings up the fact that he was hospitalized because he stuck a fork in an electric socket, to which Albert says, that's strange, even for Cooper. <laughs> even for Cooper. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they try to take out his car. They did this. They did that. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, just uh, like just <laughs> they absolutely got him to brilliant. Speed what Cooper's been up to the past week. It's just... it's it, it's hilarious. They try to blow up his car. He was attacked by um by a uh, uh, infamous uh, hitman. All this stuff, you know, like the spike. All this shit that they start bringing up. So next we get. We're back at the Twin Peaks cell block. Oh, stupid Chad. Chad's so goddamn dumb. Uh, does not say that Chad... <laughs> Chad's so goddamn dumb. Chad, Chad is so goddamn dumb. Okay, um, so poor man's... Poor man's Jeffrey Ross. Is, it, 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 we, we, you know, we'll, we'll, let's just say he's trying to do something, but um, you know, once the drunk wakes up, Chad stops doing what he was going to do. Um, Nadio is still chirping away, chirpy, chirpy, chirp, 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 chirp. Yep. And uh, uh, before we brought this up, I watched this. It's the first time I watched the return on headphones, mm-hmm. and like a lot of like the weird effects and sounds, like really like make it more creepy, and it gives a lot of atmosphere. So like, uh, yeah. If uh, next time I watch the return, I'm gonna watch them on with headphones on because it, it adds like a layer that I did not know was there. And you said you, you picked up on that cause you have subtitles on. Yeah, I have subtitles on. So it's seeing like and scratching sounds and the, like on the subtitles. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It sounds um, like a nine inch nails, like score almost. Yeah. And you hear, you know, there's a scene, one of the transitions where it's going across the electrical wire and you hear the swishing and the scratching and that type of thing. Um, so then, okay. Next, <laughs> next we uh we 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 see Ben getting a phone call <laughs> that his brother made. So now we thought it was Idaho. He made it all the way to fucking Wyoming, man. That's um, a trek, man. That that's again, that's enough distance where I think he stumbled upon one of these portals or uh, <laughs> lodges. Okay, because a a a, a flight. A flight from Seattle, Washington, to um, or, or from are you in from Spokane um, to the capital of Wyoming is three and a half hours long. Okay, um, and 
it that that's a nonstop flight. That's a nonstop flight. It by car, it takes fifteen hours to get from Washington to uh, again again in there. So even if we take it away, it's about twelve hours by car if you're just gonna get into Wyoming. Now I want to look up where Jackson Hole is because that's where he ended up yeah. was Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Um, just, I, I believe, yeah, that's because that's near Yellowstone too. That's that's right across the border, actually. That's yeah. right across the border. So we know Twin Peaks is somewhere in the northeast. So yeah, near uh, the Canadian border, near near the Canadian border, and you know Jackson Hole's right there. So he made it all the way, and the the most direct way there, honestly, is if you were to walk across Montana and come down. Okay. Uh, so, or, you know, he had to go, th- or he could have gone down to Oregon and crossed over. Like, that's another direct way if he'd gone down to Oregon and crossed over in the Jackson. The point is, is that in a week of sleeping, arguing with his foot, with bad binoculars, bad, bad binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Paul, those he says those binoculars killed somebody. <laughs> those binoculars, binoculars. Kill somebody, which makes that scene from last episode even better. While he's yelling at the binoculars, bad binoculars, bad, bad binoculars. Um, so the point is, yeah, he was in a wormhole. Or yeah, he, 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 when they found him, he's completely naked, too. Yes. So um, there was something there because, yeah. So he did not make it there in in the normal in in normal senses. N- did not happen. So, so just, just hilarious. Just the guy, the guy on the other end of the line. Like, bring some clothes. He found him. He's completely naked. And then he just hangs up on him. <laughs> and then he just hangs up on Ben. <laughs> so great. <laughs> so now we have uh, Mr. C who followed the coordinates, brings him pretty much uh, Jackrabbit's Palace. Yes, takes him to Jackrabbit's Palace. So we know now that he was trying to get into the White Lodge. So it does go to say that the White Lodge and the Black Lodge do not know where each other's lodge entry points are. That's been established from this point, right? Right? We can yep. agree with that? Yep, okay. I believe so, yeah. Okay. It's sucked into a vortex, like similar to what we saw with uh, when uh, you know Andy, yep, and uh, and when Cole and Buckhorn, we saw the dirty bearded men sitting in a room. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then he, then uh, he's sucked into the White Lodge. We got Briggs's head yep. floating. Yep. And Mr. C's head is floating, but it's in a cage. Yes, Mr. Yep. So they knew he was coming. And when we see Major Briggs there, we I think we can assume, like we had talked about earlier, that Briggs is kind of in between worlds. I think Briggs is now kind of part of the White Lodge. Yeah. Do you think this was a trap for Mr. C, too? Yeah, absolutely. I think it felt like that, especially with the cage. It felt like they, they intended to trap him. Yep. Yep, they knew exactly where he was. And it looks like that he was trying to get to um, Sarah Palmer's house. Yeah, because it's on the screen. And I think that that screen kind of showed his intentions of like his destiny where he wanted to like 
find where Judy is. Uh, the fireman sees this. And he just kind of whooshes it away. So mm-hmm. it falls on the sheriff's station. Right. And then in one, another element of oddness, C is then uh, sucked into a giant horn and then spat out on the screen to the sheriff's station. Yeah, it, it's, it's, well, okay, so it's weird, but if we remember episode uh, eight, it's very reminiscent of that. So it's kind of like, okay, that's cool. I'll buy it. You know, like that's how they do stuff in this white lodge. So yes, I think this was, I think Jeffries um, was in on it with, with the white lodge and with Briggs and that, no, and I, that this is what it was. Yep. I think this is completely a trap and they needed the time. They needed the time in order to get the trap set. I think. Yep. And then, so he's on the road to the sheriff station and NATO seems to immediately know yeah. senses his presence and it feels like he senses her presence too that's what i thought was because yeah i think they both did because she starts freaking out and he's acting kind of you know weird for mr c yeah he's he even says what is this yep yep he's confused and then we get andy with his picnic basket <laughs> yeah 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 we get andy with his picnic basket which is amazing um and <laughs> um, Agent Cooper, Agent, is that you? Agent Cooper, it is you. And it seems like Mr. C can turn on like that uh, Cooper charm when he needs it. Yes. Yes. Like, Hi, Andy. You know, it's, it kind of, it, it still feels off, but it still kind of feels like Cooper Cooper. So I think mm-hmm. he's able to do that when he can or when the situation demands it uh meanwhile chad is in his uh is in his cell and we see that uh it is the heel of his shoe uh he has keys hidden this is why they uh, rookie mistake hawk and andy and frank you gotta take off their shoes when they, you put them in jail right right because um yeah so this is what we find out he wanted was the key okay this is why Chad's fucking, this is why dollar store Jeffrey Ross is stupid. Um, <clears throat> because it didn't matter. The drunk guy's drunk. Why are you waiting? You have the key to get out. Why the fuck are you waiting for him to go to sleep when you got Nadio, you had uh, Freddie, and you had James in the other cells? Why the fuck do you care if the fucking drunk is sleeping? Just do your thing and get out. Yeah, the only thing I could see is that if the drunk was starts making noises to draw attention down there. But, I mean, he's already doing it anyway with mimicking NATO's weird uh, squeaks. So, I, yeah, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it didn't It didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, and that's, that's my thought. It didn't make a whole lot of sense at all. Yeah, and we're saying this about a show where, you know, the main antagonist was born in, out of a giant fucking vomit woman uh, <laughs> during during the atomic bomb testing so things making sense i just you know take it with a grain of salt take it with a grain of salt yes all right now andy brings mr c into the sheriff station everybody's excited to see cooper again uh, lucy is uh yep lucy is um c looks confused at frank yep sheriff truman and uh, he's like, um, 
Um, he's like, well, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm Harry's brother, uh, Frank, ah, you know, and then he's like, Hey, do you want to come meet? And like, this is where, well, let's just keep going because I, I I'm going to, when we get to the end of this, I want to discuss this whole scene. All right. Um, so go ahead. Well, then, uh, so he, at, you know, Frank invites C, uh, who he thinks is Cooper to his office and he gets a premonition of sorts of what he saw when he was in the white lodge of an urgent moment with him and, and Lucy. And this causes him like, he has to go down to go down into the, the cells. Mm-hmm. And he's very important. Very important. He tells Lucy. Yeah. Very important. Uh, Chad's out of his cell. He goes to his locker. Yeah. He's grabbing shit. We get some of that. Uh, then we go back into uh, Frank's office and he offers C a seat. And then the, the giant red flag is uh, uh, this Cooper turns down a cup of coffee. Yep. Yep. Right away. We know. Yep. We know something like if it had been, if it had been Harry, he would have known something was up right then and there. Yep. Yep. And um, so he's like, what are you here for? He's like unfinished business, which we're, I'm going to assume is Nadio. Either Nadio, Nadio, that's the only, I think that's, he sensed her, but like his ultimate goal is it's the Sarah. This is, just seems like he has. This is like he has to get this done before he goes on to that. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. That makes. But sense. But I, I mean, who knows? Who knows? It just seems like it. You know, it didn't seem like he was searching for Nadio because it seemed like his big thing was Judy with the glass box and everything. But uh, he senses her, so he knows something's up. Uh, and then out in the cells. Uh, Chad pulls his gun on Andy. So, <laughs> and, so dumb. And, you know, he's, like, calling him an idiot and all that. Uh, we see Freddy with his, his trusty green glove. <laughs> ready to, you know, he's kind of doing what Bushnell was doing when he was, like, you know, looks like a, a prize fighter, you know, like, opening and clenching his fist. Yep. <laughs> when Chad's close enough... Punches the damn cell door open, knocking Chad on his ass. Well, so what's really interesting is, okay, so even though Andy handcuffs and handcuffs to him, in the subtitles it says the body drops. So the subtitles, it implies that that killed Chad. Yeah, it could have. I mean, his punches fucked people up. His punches, fuck me, he doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he knocked a, a, a jail door opening into, the, like, the face of this guy, so there's a good chance Chad didn't survive. Exactly, exactly. And like I said, the subtitle says the body drops, so I'm like, oh, shit. And then Andy kind of changed them up. be like, oh, okay, it must have been the, the interpretation wrong there. So, <clears throat> yes, that happened. And then um, Frank gets lucy's like hey there's an important call you gotta take he's like take a message he's like no you gotta take this call yep and um it's it's our it's our it's our real cooper yep he's just entering the twin peak city limits is the coffee on yep and frank's staring at uh, mr c mr c gleans what's going on gets ready to shoot him and now, this is an interesting take because the hat moves. Yeah, I like think he fired it. It was uh, it just grazed the hat. It was what okay. I, I took from it. Okay. And, and it's kind of comical. It's like an old Western where a guy gets, gets their hat shot at. You yep. know? 
And we all know Lynch loves those old, old timey movies. So he I does. think he's in there for comic effect. But Paul, let's talk here. Season two really did Lucy and Andy wrong. Yep. We've talked about this ad nauseum during the season two reviews. Fuck. Lucy is redeemed. She takes out Mr. C. Yep. It is Lucy that shoots and incapacitates. I'm not going to say kills, incapacitates Mr. C. And then she says she finally figured out how cell phones. Yeah. You know, it just took shooting a man in cold blood to realize that's how cellular phones work. Yep. And it's, um, you know, and then uh, the, when this happens, he brings uh, Andy, I should say, Andy brings up everyone. And, you know, they're all in this room. And so that's Frank, Nadio, James, and Andy. And then Hawk comes flying in. And um, he's go, you know, he's like, Cooper said, don't touch him. He's like, but it is Cooper. No, it's not. <laughs> it's important to remember, he used the word it instead of he. he. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's because uh, Cooper warned, don't touch him. Nobody touch uh, Mr. C. Yep. Uh, then the office starts getting dark. And then we see what we saw in part eight with the woodsmen uh, mm-hmm. doing their thing with the body. Except it's different this time. Uh, out of his chest or belly or whatever, an orb emerges. So, okay. I want to say it's a little bit different, but it's not. Because remember, the orb came out before, and then the orb went back in. So I think this is part of the process where the orb's out. But because everyone's there now, Bob, the plan changes for Bob. He's not going back in the body. That's my thought. Yeah. Well, it'd be foolish to just because C would just get killed again. Uh, yep. Yeah. So this is Bob's last-ditch effort. To avoid his fate of going back to the, the Black Lodge. Yep. And so Cooper comes flying in. And then Cooper's like, hey, are you Freddy? <laughs> yeah. so That's right. And this is my destiny. This is me destiny. This is me destiny. And then he gets attacked and looks like he gets killed. He's all bloody. Um, then, okay. You get some really weird angles. You yeah, get a lot of Dutch angles here. A lot of Dutch angles here. A lot of movement. A lot of things around. Um, you know, you know, a lot of this is out of necessity because Frank Silva's dead. Yeah, and 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 you know, David Lynch did not want to replace him. David Lynch is loyal that far. You know, uh, when it comes to things like that. So, uh, you know, this is kind of what that is, and. Um, he punches it, then he punches him into a blaze in the ground, like he punches him in the hell. Yeah, he punched him straight to hell. Like, and (laughs) I remember, like, so you and I discussed this after this episode air, I think it was the next day. And I think we both jokingly said, This is as close as David Lynch will ever get to a Marvel movie. (laughs) Yes, yes, we did. Yeah, this, yeah, this is the close. Yeah, like, if you wanted to know a this is a superhero Lynch movie, this is what it would look like. Um, which uh, makes me wish he would have done like a Superman instead of Richard Donner, but that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> hey man, we all know his experience with Dune made him not really interested in projects that aren't really his own. Uh, it's cool though, like so he punches in the hell and it emerges again, like kind of like it has looks like it has like cinders on it, like it's been mm-hmm. burned. 
then uh, you hear uh, it's kind of like subtle, but you hear uh, you hear Frank Silva from the the, the pilot. Uh, the international pilot, but then in like episode, uh, catch you with my death bag, which I thought yes. was pretty cool. Re, uh, repurposing that. Yep, catch you. I will catch you with my death bag, and so then slightly slower too to make it a little more menacing. I agree with you on that one. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Yep. And then you know, uh, Freddy gets attacked again, and he's had enough, so he just punches Bob the Bob Orb so hard it literally just breaks apart. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, um, yes, just fucks him up. We don't know. Do you think after this, Freddy could finally take that glove off? Or do you think he's doomed to forever have, you know? So I'm glad we both went there because that was my thought. I'm thinking he could take the glove off now. I think so, too. Uh, He did his job. Uh, He did his part. He did his destiny. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's, that's my thought. He did his destiny. That this is where it, it 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 ends. Yep, yep. I yeah. You and I are in the same boat with that. Yep. And then uh, you know, Cooper's like, "You did it, Freddy!" And he puts the jade ring on Mister C, who then vanishes to the the Black Lodge, and he erupts into into flames. Uh, to which Rodney Mitchum, that's one for the grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Jim Belushi's just mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. yeah. I, Belushi had some pretty good reactions. Let's <laughs> see. You know, took the like, when Bobby comes in after he's like, "What's going on here? What happened?" <laughs> like, you took the words right out of my fucking mouth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so so good. So yeah. There, there's just awesome. I mean, again, uh, you and I are not fans of Jim Belushi. No. No. And this is great. Like, I want to see a spinoff of uh, the Mitchell Mitchell. Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think that would be amazeballs. So, all right. So then, um, you know. Cooper wants the key to Great Northern Room 315. Yep. He He knows Frank has has it. Yep. Because Briggs told him he would have it. And then he's commenting. Then Bobby comes up. He's like, your father was aware of these events. And, um, yep. Let's talk about this, too, because now this is like when uh, Cooper's face superimposes over over the what we're seeing. Okay. This uh, is, this is, uh, this is, you know, it's not a not so subtle homage to uh, Wizard of Oz. Okay. So I want to hear one of Lynch's favorite movies. Yep. What is your take on what's happening? Uh, it, it it feels like Cooper still now is still part of two different worlds is what I'm taking from it. Uh, you know, he's kind of telling everybody things will be different. Uh, I hope to see you again, but like he's still like super important. You know, it's kind of the same effect and how it was used in Wizard of Oz, like. You know, we live in a dream sort of thing. Uh, as to like what it signifies, it's it's tough because you can it's so open to interpretation at this point. But I still I think it's uh, Cooper realizing this present present time. He says it's cha- going to change, and it does. And I think that's what this is kind of signifying. Time stops the clock. We look at the clock, and it's. 
the hands are uh, uh, jiggling it like it looks like almost like fifteen to three. Mm-hmm. So I yep. think that's what's going on here. So it's like transcending almost. I I'm with you, but I differ. I, I go a little bit. I think everything that's happening in that room and going on is I I think Cooper is not saying anything to anyone. I think this is going on not only inside his head at this point, but but it just, you said it's going on between the two worlds. Like I picture it that everything that happens from this point on in this particular area until everything, you know, um, uh, until the end of this episode when everything gets retconned, it's just, it's happening there. Like, I think that's what the, what the superimposing of the head is, is to show us that, like, I think Cooper and everyone are just frozen where they are. And, I like that. Do you think, so, like, when he's telling everybody, and we kind of get, like, a, this happy-ish ending, you think mm-hmm. that's what Cooper, like, imagines what he wants this moment to be like? Yeah, essentially, like, he's creating what is happening here. But he knows everything's going to change. So this is the ending that he's getting of the Wizard of Oz with all of his friends there. And getting that thing in his head before he gets, you know, before everything changes over. And he is then moved. Because, again, I don't, I think everything that's happening afterwards, like the whole thing going black, uh, him chanting between two worlds. To use the you know the the, the old things that you know that we know that Mike and Bob used to use to, to go places, um, I think all of that is all happening like outside of reality. Yeah, I think outside of reality is his happy ending. Here is what yep. he wants, and then uh, him vanishing with Cole and Diane. I think that's. The next step, what happens? And see, that, I don't. That's actually is happening. See, I don't even think that happens. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. Is what I'm trying to say. Like, I think everything up to the point where he is goes back in time is all just. It's this is like signifying that this is this weird um, point of okay. So to put it this way, when. If we get look at the string or the 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 Big Bang theory, the, it's you know there's a balloon theory that's attached to it that the universe constantly constantly expands and then it collapses in on itself, and one of the theories of that that would affect time, and what happens is is that once everything starts to collapse in on itself, time the idea is it's a time that lasts eternity that's going to feel like an eternity because everything is so compressed. So I think what's happening here is they're kind of getting this effect of this is the the cliff of where time is getting fucked. That's why the clock is going off. That's why everything's happening. I think all of this up to the point where he meets with um, the, the, the point where he meets with um, the arm is all happening kind of in like as all happening in that room. Does that make like kind of? I still think what happens here is this is kind of like what he's he envisions like how he wants his farewell, the happy ending. But his job's not done. Uh, Cooper's stuck in a loop of always trying to save Laura Palmer. And that's yes. my theory. And so what happens next when him and Diane uh, 
this is that that happens, I believe, because he's we get a thing that uh, we'll get to it, but like Jeffrey says, Cole will remember the unofficial version, which is yes. what we just watched through all this. So I think this is actually happening. Uh, and so they get sucked because he he he's changing the past. Yeah, we see that that has an effect at the very end with Sarah. So I think this is all happening. Oh, no, no, I'm not saying it's not happening, but I think what we're seeing is inside his head, right? Well, like, I think with the, him saying goodbye to all his friends. Yes, 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 yes. He's yeah, just yeah. kind of, st- I think in reality, he's just standing there, not moving, not saying anything. Yeah, I think what happened is like like that, as soon as Bob dot vanished, that's when him, Cole, and Diane. I can, I can get behind that. I can get behind that. I question if even if that's, if... Well, we know Diane, but we know, but we also don't know Diane because of what we're going to find out in the next episode. So I even question if Diane was there. Yeah, we don't even know what. I think that's the real Diane, and I, I, I'll, I'll, you know, I can get into the next episode. But my theory was uh, Cooper put the real Diane in NATO uh, after her trauma of the rape. Yes, and yes, that's why she's blind. Uh, that's know, why she can't doesn't see. And then, like, what happens in the next episode is letting her go, and she's in this other world where she can escape, escape. Okay. That, tra- that trauma yes, is what happened I... with Diane. So I think this is the real Diane, and this is it. In the next episode, that's his gift to her, is the relief of not having to remember. Okay. Yeah, mine's a combination of that, but I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with yours till the next episode. Yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. We're on the same page there. We are on the same yep. page. Okay. Yep. We're always we seem to always be on the same page, just slightly different paths. Exactly, exactly. But so that's what the beautiful beautiful thing of Twin Peaks is. It's so you know, it's so open to interpretation. There, there, you know, I I don't think there's a hard edge like you know, it's like that YouTube video guys like this is Twin Peaks. Like that's your interpretation. That's your interpretation, and that's why Lynch is very cautious to any of his works. Yeah. To say, no, I'm not going to discuss that because uh, that's part of my art is I create things that mean different, that can mean different things to different people. Yeah. He's, he once said, like, he likes the audience to be their own detective. Yep. Yep. So, absolutely. But yeah, uh, so NATO turns into Diane. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Belushi's reaction to that was pretty good. <laughs> I love Belushi in this, which is crazy. I can't say I love him in anything else, but I love him in this. Yeah, he's good in this. Uh, I'll give him credit where credit's due. Uh, Cooper and Diane kiss, and then you know we see the clock, like we talked about. Like I think a lot of this is just in Cooper's head, romanticizing. I think they just blipped. Yep. It was him, yep. Cole, and Diane mm-hmm. uh, just vanished after Bob vanished. Uh, and then, like, uh, he also says in a very slow-down voice, we live inside a dream. A lot of people interpreted this as, like, is Twin Peaks all a dream? In a certain interpretation, yeah. But I would say, like, the events happened within the show. Uh, yes. So, okay. So this I mean, is that's such an easy, that's such a cop-out. I don't think Lynch and Frost would take the easy way out of Twin Peaks with that. No, I don't think they would. And I think I think what's happening here is I think this threw a people really off. Um, it, it was this we all live inside a dream. I think the idea that they have here is that as this show has shown, 
there is layers upon layers upon layers. It doesn't mean necessarily a, a dream. Like there, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. I know we'll talk about that in a later podcast. Um, <clears throat> but I don't subscribe to it in that literally. I take a look at it and I go, because the lodges are outside of time, space, reason. Um, again, well, let's move on here a little bit because... What happens is he goes in the Great Northern, uh, he ends up in the Northern, Great Northern Hotel. By coincidence, it's the furnace room. Yep. But it also makes sense because, again, in the in, back going back to the first episode, where did he see Bob for the first time in the international version? was in the basement, right? Yeah. And, so, so I'm sorry. And what I like, too, here is, like, he has a key to that, what the humming noise is that, Jay, that James was kind of following when he was in the basement. Yep. Investigating. Uh the, the humming noise that was driving Ben Horn insane. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. And Beverly, who we never saw again. Um, and, <laughs> um, and then he ends up, then up uh, with, with the arm with Mike um, at the, uh, at the Dutchman. And he oh, takes, well, hold on before. Okay. He, so they, they, they get to the door, Cooper unlocks it and he looks at Diane and he says, see you at the curtain call. Yes. Yes, yeah, you at the curtain call. There's a, you know, obviously, you know, that's an old uh, show business, you know, sure. you know, uh, curtain call at the end of the show. It's also uh, curtains, red curtains, and we see it's like it's quite literally a curtain call. <laughs> yes, yes, quite literally a curtain call. <laughs> so yeah, I like that. And then he goes to the door. Uh, Mike re- uh, recites the uh, the fire walk with me poem. Yeah, again, I listen to this on headphones, and I think they repurposed the audio from the uh, the from the, the episode three. I think they did too. I think they did too. Yep, I was listening to it. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like old Al Strobel. That sounds like young. Oh, Al. here we go again. Oh, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. Anyways, so they too old up- to recite a poem. He can't have his own dark hair. <laughs> Jesus, so, I know <laughs> how trouble I do. I, I do. anyways. Anyway, yeah. So Mike brings him to the Dutchman slash convenience store, mm-hmm. and they walk up the stairs. We saw Mister C walk through. We don't see any woodsmen. No, uh, but we see the jumping man. We do see the jumping man. I love the jumping man. So I am a theory that the jumping man. So there was a thought that the jumping man was Sarah Palmer. Um, online, I don't know. No. I no, no, I, I no, no. It's not Sarah Palmer. I don't um, think it's Palmer. Uh, I think that's because a lot of you know because in Fire Walk with Me, the kid with the mask that kind of looked like the Jumping Man. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Leland behind that mask. Uh, yep. Kind of like with uh, we just discussed with uh, Diane, it protects that them from uh, you know they don't have to uh, you know they're kind of blinded you know it's like blind ignorance that they don't have to see the horror that actually happened within their lives right but in this case i think the jumping man's purpose is we've seen it twice now with the movement of the electricity and you know there seems to be like 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 the firemen needed to be there to move the cage and move um, Mr. C 
to the next place. Like it just can't automatically be done. Even though the electricity is the, the conduit, it seems there needs to be an entity involved. And I think that's the jumping man's purpose. The jumping man is kind of the catalyst to allow these, again, the jumping man jumping from place to place. I think that's the purpose of the jumping man. I think his purpose is to jump. Right. 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 He's, he's sliders. The, he's sliders, the human. So, yeah, yeah no, like, yes. And like, you know, and it's, you can tell his reaction is different because like when Mr. He had to help transport Mr. C, mm -hmm. uh, he looked terrified. Yep. This is trouble. Yep. Uh, he doesn't, we don't really get that this time. No, it's almost like a glee. It's almost like a, yeah. he, 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 yes, yes. He's back yep. to jumping happily again. He's back to jumping happily again. So <clears throat> then they end up in the, in the same, um, back in the same kind of uh, hotel. It's like hotel. a like off-road motel looking thing. Mm -hmm. And he meets up with Jeffries. <clears throat> okay. So this is what I was going to talk about with this time thing. Because um, he, you know, he asked about, he's like, you know, I, I, be specific. Right? Yeah. Like Cooper just walks in, he says, be specific. Yep. So it seems to me that Cooper has done, like, this might not be the first time Cooper has messed with time. Again, and this is kind of goes back to what I was saying. This, I think this is Cooper's infinite loop. Mm -hmm. Always trying to save Laura Palmer. Mm -hmm. so this is a, this for him at this time, I think might be his first time. We don't know. But it's not for Jeffries, who's transcended time. It's not Jeffries first time. Which it's is not why, Jeff's first time. Yeah. yeah. So he he asked. That's why be specific. Cooper gives him the date of when uh, Jeffrey. I think it was when Jeffrey's went to the Philadelphia office. Yep. Oh well, no. Nineteen eighty nine. Yep. February twenty third, nineteen eighty nine is when he yep. is. Yes, for the date. And um. And then then, Coop, then he says. Then he starts talking about. <laughs> I do like. I'll find it for you. It's slippery in here. <laughs> yes, yes. I'll, I'll find it here. Um, it's uh, it's slippery in here, and um, uh, he then says, you know, he starts bringing up Judy, and then he's like, "You were asking about her, right?" Which leads me to um, uh, um, believe once again that <clears throat> this is again the time. He's not sure when Cooper, what what Cooper he's dealing with, what what time frame Cooper he's dealing with. So on February, just so you know, February twenty third is when is when Philip Jeffries resurfaced in Philadelphia. It's also the day Laura Palmer was killed. Yeah, so I thought she died on February sixteenth, nineteen ninety. Uh, oh, I think you're right. Yep, 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 yep. You're right. So why did he go to that date? When, because I think that's when at that time that's when uh, Jeffries is like, we're not going to talk about Judy. Well, yes, but uh, but then Cooper gets transported though directly to the woods, yep. where 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 she is. Yeah, I think, but I what I, I don't understand. But he also uh, it's also important to note that Jeffries at this time says. Gordon Cole's going to remember the unofficial version, meaning mm -hmm. Cole will be, re he'll remember what we, you know, we'll get to it with the retconning. I, Cole's going to remember all that. He's in a, a unique position where he is allowed to remember both versions of reality. Yes. 
He is. He is. Um, he is. Yeah, I think exactly. But I, it's weird. Yeah, I don't know why that date for the Philadelphia office, and then he's transferred the night Laura Palmer's murdered. Unless that uh, you know we're missing something, which very well could be. I yeah, I wonder if we are because um because then he's like here is where you'll find judy yep and he's like you're asking about that right did you ask me this like so it seems like jeffrey's is confused yes because jeffrey again jeffrey's not sure what timeline he's dealing with yeah um and then we have uh out of his his tea kettle (laughs) the owl cave logo which breaks apart into like the logo of uh, I believe it was was it the bird mark on Briggs or the log lady? The the bird mark was on. I think it was. Well, I think it was the log, the log lady. The log yeah, lady. Yeah, 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 the log lady. And because it turns into an eight. No, then... no, no. I'm sorry. No, Laura Palmer died on February 24th. Oh, she did. Okay. She did. Yep, yep. She died on February 24th. So that's why. He's or at least she was found dead on February twenty fourth, so that is why. Okay. Um, yep. Yep. So that is why he is um, why he's taking that day. I, it took me a while to, to find it, but yes. Uh, yep, because he's because he's driving in Diane. It's eleven thirty a.m. February twenty fourth. I'm entering okay. the town of Tom Peaks. Yep. All right. So, All right, so, so. He, that's why he gets sent. Okay. Yes. The, the, so the infinity logo thing turns into an eight, but it's a broken eight. With the missing part kind of moving around. Yes. And so, so uh, and then that's when Jeffrey says, you can go in now. And a bunch of electricity have, Mike says electricity, much like, uh, I believe it was the arm. Yes. walk with me. Electricity. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And this, after this, uh, this is when Cooper pulls some Marty McFly bullshit. Yes. <laughs> Which, uh, yes. um you think uh so this is 1989 you think cooper goes to like a dance and play smells like teen spirit and kurt cobain's cousin (laughs) happens to be there and he's hey kurt you know that new sound you're looking for um it could be otherwise it it might be the industrial i mean nine inch nails you know kurt you know it could be maybe maybe he did some industrial music and was like hey (laughs) Hey, Trent, you know, maybe maybe uh, his brother uh, Fred, Fred Resner, Fred was, Resner. <laughs> Fred Resner was uh, hanging out and was like, Trent, you know that, you know all that banging in the garage you've been trying to find that sound for? Check this guy out. He nailed it. <laughs> Cooper's playing head like a hole. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yes, it's in black and white. Uh, it's the <laughs> night of Laura's murder and fire walk with me. Uh, this is this was done pretty cool, I'll say. I'm, yes, you know, it's weird with the time travel. Uh, obviously, no matter what, if you're doing time travel, especially with something like this, it, it's gonna. I'm gonna think immediately back to the future. So, absolutely. <laughs> so, yes, they go back. You watch all this stuff, and um, um, you 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 know you're rewatching the um right before when James and. So James picks up Laura. We get that scene of uh, Leland glaring out the window. I love that. <laughs> that yes. Image. Um, you know, and then, the you know, uh, Laura, uh, they stop. And we get that exchange. And Laura seems, 
even though, you know, this kind of gives more context now. It seems like why Laura herself seems to be in, she kind of seems confused like Jeffries was with time. Mm-hmm. She's like, Bobby killed a guy. And then she's yeah. like, wait, why would I show you that? Like in the movie, it felt like, yeah, it was just probably drugs. But I think now we get a little more context, like, like Laura's between worlds in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so there's Cooper. And that's hence why she screams, screams. in Firewalk with me. <laughs> right. Right, like that's fucked up. <laughs> uh, again, I like how Laura keeps reiterating, like we did. We have like Bobby killed a cop. Yeah, Bobby killed a cop. We, you know, don't don't forget Bobby killed a cop. Um, and then she jumps off. She runs in the woods, and then Cooper's there, yep. and she's like, "Do I know you? Oh, I know you from a dream. You're you're from my dream." And it's um. We get some- uh, we and then we see also waiting in the woods is Leo, Jacques, and Ronette waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, well, let's get past this part. Then I want to talk. Well, let's talk about this before we get. So to let's this. Just, let's say. So she takes his hand and looks like Cooper's leading her, and then we get. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Then we get weird sounds, and you know, uh, then we flash to the pilot. Okay. Now, before we flash the pilot, I want to talk about. Young Laura Palmer. What do you think they did there? I think with black and white and making it shadowy, uh, they were able to pull it off. Some makeup and maybe a little bit of CGI. See, I don't think it was... I don't think it was um, Cheryl Lee. It was. Uh, I don't think so. I well, in, the beh- in the making of The Return, they show her dressed like that in a trailer with oh. Lynch and, uh, and Kyle. So yeah, that was her. Oh wow! See, I thought it was Francesca Eastwood, nope. who nope. comes in next episode. I thought it was an uncredited Francesca Eastwood. Nope. It was her. They just with the trick of shadows and darkness, wow. probably make and a lot of them and some heavy makeup. Uh, I mean, Cheryl Lee kept she's taking care of herself. Already. No, she has, but there's there's times where that was really the the, the CGI was off putting. There was yep. a point in the very beginning where it was really good, but I think some of the angles they did did not help their cause. Yeah. That's why I thought it was Francesca Eastwood. No, no, it was it was Cheryl. Uh, okay, it's in uh, it's one of these things where like they're filming that night, so she's like dressed like young Laura Palmer. You know, she looks older like in that part, but I think like one, it's black and white, and two, it's dark and shadowy. So I think it's a little easier to mask that. Fair enough. Okay. So then, yes. So then we cut to the pilot. Retcon. <laughs> Retcon. Retcon. We pop to the pilot. We see Laura Palmer's body wrapped in plastic disappear. Yep. And, and then. Then we kind of get to like the scenes of the opening of the pilot. We got Josie up. Yep. Putting on the makeup. Being weird. Um, Pete and Catherine. He's, yep. I'm going to go fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he, instead of, you know, and it's like, it looks like it was B-roll. They, or just like test shots that Lynch yeah. had done. Because yep. it's obviously that's uh, Jack Nance. Oh, I, and, and it's, it's obvious that it's old footage. It's obvious it's old footage. Yeah, so yeah. It, it looks a lot, you know, it's right from the pilot, but instead of having like Laura, so it looked like he was this like test footage that Trent, that Lynch was using. Mm-hmm. And they still had it. And so, like, instead of, like, turning around, they just had Pete keep walking forward. 
and then we see him fishing on the pier. It's really, it, you know, it's cool, but you know, it's like it, you know, it. I remember watching it for the first time, like, oh god, are they just like making everything that we've watched and invested in not happen? And then I was like, we've already been invested in that, like, yeah. So like, part of my brain was like, oh, they're adding a different mystery now. Yeah. And then the final dossier pushes that. Uh, spoil- spoiler: It's no longer who killed Laura Palmer. It's where is Laura Palmer? Right. <laughs> Just, uh, but as this happens, the past then with Cheryl and uh, with Laura and Cooper turns to color. Yep, kind of like the Wizard of Oz. Kind of like the Wizard of Oz because it has now changed. Yep. And Cooper says, "We're going home." Yep, we're going home. Cut to Sarah Palmer freaking out. This is, and I have theories here too. Okay, I do too. And she's freaking out, and she's trying to destroy this photo. Of Laura, but time is skipping and fucking with her. What's yep. your What's your theory here, sir? Well, the past has changed now, and Laura, Laura didn't die. And the interesting thing uh, that kind of like the the symbolism of that of that Laura can't be wasn't killed and can't be destroyed by Sarah and Bob at this point is she she shatters the frame, but she cannot cut the photo. Did you yep. notice that? Like she cannot. I, I didn't. No matter how hard she's trying to cut that photo, Laura's mm-hmm. photo is impeccable. It's not a yep. scratch. And I do also feel that because Judy is an entity that's outside, Judy knows what's going on. And this is Judy's pissed. Yep. Like Judy knows that time has been fucked with, that that things have been changed, and she is freaking out trying to destroy this and i Let's also remember that the the fireman and uh senior dido sent mm-hmm. laura as a counter to bob and judy yes yep and now that laura is no longer dead laura is now a threat yep laura is now a threat and i think that uh what happens next when he's leading her through the woods towards the towards the white lodge portal to the white lodge portal but then she gets pulled away and hears and you know she screams. I think that was an agent of Judy that caused that to happen. I don't. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when we next see Laura in the next episode, it leads me to believe a Cooper, another Cooper is fucking with this Cooper. Because Cooper, this Cooper is gonna bring uh, Laura through the lodge and back to the curtain call. Which would be modern, you know, regular Twin Peaks. Yep. Where Judy can kill her again. Oh. So I think this is this like she disappears. I think it's Cooper bringing her to to Odessa to get her away from Judy, so she can't be killed right away. Because they they hide uh, Laura in Odessa, and we uh, we we agreed on the theory of what Odessa is. Yes. We'll get to that next episode. Yep. Yep. But we hear Laura scream, and it's also, it's the sound when she vanishes is, like, the same sound, like, when, uh, at least it was very similar to, like, when uh, the Diane Tulpa was whisked away to the watch. It was a very mm-hmm. similar sound effect. And we hear Laura screaming, the classic Laura scream from uh, Fire Walk With Me, mm-hmm. uh, which is, uh, we can sit, because this is the last thing we see of this episode for the most part and it, it mirrors the next episode there's theories of mirror 
these are mirrored and should you know you watch them weird ways. I don't think that's it. I just think it's <laughs> whatever. And then we get the world turns by Julie Cruz, which is great to see her back. Yes. So talking about Julie Cruz, I looked into this a little bit because um, you know we talked about how um, <laughs> we cut cut edited down her performance and this and pissed her off. Yeah. So yeah, he did, and she came after him. But then like last it. Uh, Last year, almost two years ago, in 2019, in another interview, she was like, yeah, you know what? Me and him are like brother and sister. Like, I don't always agree with what he does. But at the same time, like, I owe Lynch my career. Um, I, You know, so I can't stay mad at him. So I thought that was really cool. Yep. 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 So, but yeah, she was pissed at first. Like, that was like, she went on a big rampage of how he ruined her cut. It was a terrible edit. But now she's like, eh, you know, Lynch does what Lynch does. She's like, eh, I love the guy. And then, well, that's playing Julie Cruz, wonderful. And actually, interestingly enough, the Chromatics are her band. Yeah, that's cool, too. That was really cool. And, of course, this one's in memory of Jack Nance. Yeah, uh, we get because we get that that footage of him from the pilot mm-hmm. you know, telling Catherine he's going fishing and she has no interest in Oh, Jack Nance. Oh. He's he's so great as Henry and Eraserhead, one of the goons and every one of the goons in Blue Velvet. Yep, <laughs> I, lo- I love. Yep, him. I love Jack Nance. So unfortunate that he had those demons and just never got over it. Um, you know, I'm not gonna talk shit about a man that's passed away, um, but you know, I mean, just to kind of discuss a little bit, Jack Nance. Um, you know, he's done a lot of things. Um, he, uh, you know, was basically in everything Lynch ever did. Uh, Wild uh, Blue Velvet. Um, he was in uh, Dune. Um, Eraserhead. He, uh, Eraserhead. Lost Highway. Lost Highway. Um, Firewalk with me, you know, Twin Peaks. He was in, uh, yeah. Uh, I think the only thing he wasn't in was, was Mount Holland Drive. I think that's the only Lynch project. He was dead by then. Yeah, yeah, he was dead by then. Uh, he and, might have been on the on the air that uh, Lynch show. I don't know if he was or not, but it's uh, it's really hard to find that show. So yeah, never, it is really hard. I I've seen it. I've seen it, and it, I mean not in great things. You know, he was in the suicidal tendencies institutionalized music video as well. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that, but you know he had a you know he had a, you know he had his demons. Uh, mm-hmm. Lynch is pretty open about that, and he died a really weird death in that it was like a, a robbery at a donut shop, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, Lynch thinks he might have been a little tipsy and a little, you know, liquid courage or something. I think that's what Lynch. But whatever, it doesn't matter how he died. He did. Or he was great in Twin Peaks, and I, you know, I loved everything I've seen him in. So yeah. So what happened was. Um... Uh, he, I'll discuss the death. Um, this happened in, uh, December 29th, 1996. Um, he, Lynch had lunch, uh, excuse me, uh, Jack Nance had lunch with two friends and he had bruises. I mean, he looked beat up and asked about him. He told him a story about there was a brawl outside a donut shop and, um, he said he got what he deserved and said he had a headache. And, um, what happened was, he had a subdural hematoma. Uh, hematoma. Um, so he was found dead the next day. Um, and it was also revealed that he had 0.24% of blood alcohol level. 
So rather than going in and getting it looked at, he got hammered with this subdermal hematoma, which, if you know anything about alcohol, it doesn't clot. So that's what basically killed him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, he had some tragedy. Um, you know, his second wife, um, she killed herself. Um, you know, his first wife was Kathleen Colson. They, you know, we, we talked about that. Um, you know, yeah. And he married, um, he married Kelly Jean Van Dyke, uh, who was a porn star. Um, who was, yeah, yeah. That was Dick Van Dyke's niece. And, uh, she had killed herself in 1991. Oof. Yeah, yeah. He had a rough go. He had a very rough go. Yep, he did not have an easy life, Mr. Jack Dance. Um, but you know, all that aside, so yes, essentially at this point, everything we've ever cared about, this whole podcast, everything we've talked about has been retconned. In a sense. And again, we you know, and like the people who don't like this, it's like when people are like, you know, retconning and like other things, like you still have the original run of Twin Peaks. You can just watch that. I don't... It, it, to me, like, people getting upset about retcons like this, it's just like, you still have the original. I could watch that, then, if you don't like this. Like, yeah, and and the thing of it is, is that, you know, if you, if you put in Firewalk with me, and now you watch this, so you know what you know. And Firewalk you know, with me retcons a lot of shit, too. The Firewalk with me retcons things, but then, you know, you can look at this and go... This is the all. This is the original. Well, we may not even know if this is the original. Original. There might be times before that Cooper has tried to save Laura Palmer, and different things have happened, resulting in this particular outfit. To you know what is going to go on in the next one. Like we don't know how long this infinite loop has gone on. I'd say. Uh, what's that? I'd say infinite. It's been going yeah. on infinite. I mean, it explains the, you know, the broken infinity, you know, and it's, it's, yeah. it's basically you're, he's looking for the way to stop the infinity loop. Yeah. And Cooper's a lot like Sisyphus. He's pushing the boulder. Mm-hmm. The exactly. Exactly. In order to keep the, the, the whole thing is, is that Laura Palmer isn't necessarily there to destroy um, Bob and Jude. It's there to counteract. Yep. And that's kind of what this whole thing is. Um, so, um, but yeah, so you can look at it and go, the, the, the whole first season is its own thing. Like that's Cooper wasn't there, wasn't able to get her that go around, wasn't able to, um, uh, grab her in the woods. She said she ran off and met with, in that particular loop, ran off and met with, um, with, uh, you know, uh, Leo, Ronette, and uh, Jacques. So it it, it it retcons things. It ret, it's not a hard retcon in a way that some other works have been done. Like, this is more of like, again, a loop retcon. Like, okay, now we're coming off the loop at a different point. We're coming off the loop at a different point. Now we have a different mystery to solve. Yes, and this one is, where, where? is, where is, where is Laura Palmer? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, and this whole this thing. This Sam Reform in the the final dossier too. Uh, we'll get to it when we get to it. But they met at the end of the book is that it's nobody remembers Laura getting killed. It's like no, she just went missing. So yep, yep, exactly. Laura didn't die. Laura went missing. We're jumping ahead, but yes, that's in the final dossier. But yeah, so 
again, this, the return of this whole thing was basically the return of we've talked we thought the whole time it was we talked about we you know we i think we threw the audience a little bit differently we talked about this was the return of of cooper really this was the return of laura palmer it could be two different things though yeah because yeah. a lot of this was cooper's return to himself i mean that's but, kind of like the over that's like the hero's journey is what this season was it was the hero's journey absolutely but but it ultimately led to the return of yes uh, so it worked in two different ways so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because again lynch is not going to leave things just as the return of 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 david lynch no now we have to go a step further and make it the return of something else to create those layers that that david lynch loves in his work um which is why i can see why david lynch Dune was one of his least favorite things because it's not nuanced. It's very cut and dry. And that's not Lynch's style. Um, so, fuck, we went into a lot of different things. Um, this was a good yeah, episode. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good episode. It's hard to, you know, I was worried about it because that whole scene, you guys, with the orb and everything is just, it's like episode eight. You, you could try to describe what's going on, but you got to see it to understand it but there is some nitpicking i have with this episode though (laughs) um that whole part with the um with the the fight with bob and leading up to it like that whole thing from when cooper ends up with um at you know mr c ends up at the twin peaks sheriff station to the point where He's down in the lodge or down in the basement with Gordon and Diane. I got the feeling from the acting of the of the actors in in, in there um, that nobody really understood what their motivations were in the scene. And that kind of came through a little bit like some of the acting in it was uh, off. And I don't think that was by design. I think it was because of there was probably some really confusion around the scenes. Well, I'm sure, but uh, I mean, I'm not going to nitpick the acting because we saw Wally fucking Brando and that was a fucking shit show of an acting scene. (laughs) I actually, like I said, this this go around, I actually warmed up to Wally Brando a little bit. I'm just saying there was there's little things here and there in the in in the posturing and the way lines were said a little bit that were like, I could tell the actors didn't really know what was going on. I'm sure it was lunch saying, don't worry about it. You know, just say these lines, just, just do this. Trust me. Yeah. Cause a lot of it is editing with that scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it's not surprising. No, no. I mean, again, it's not as bad as what we got with, uh, with the prequels of the star Wars, where all it was, (laughs) was George Lucas sitting in a chair and was in front of a green screen. And he's just looking at a monitor counting his money Yep, well, that's good, Liam. Okay. <laughs> nope, nailed it, Natalie. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then it ends, obviously, with the world spins, which is, a, which is awesome, because if you remember in the, in the original episodes, that plays when Maddie got killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was an awesome ending to it. So, all right, Joe, plug time. What do you got going on? Well, we're off. We're off of hiatus for the Joe Down. Uh, so we're doing John Wick month. Uh, we decided to, uh, you know, 
this year has been fucking terrible, so we're going to treat ourselves to some our bread and butter, which is dumb action movies. Uh, the nice thing about John Wick is they're dumb <laughs> and confusing, but they're ultimately like a lot of fun to watch. So, I... then, like, Since there's only three of them, we have a mystery movie to cap out the year with, so... I'm excited because you haven't uh, you haven't even told me what the mystery movie is. Yeah, I'm not gonna. You're gonna find out what everybody else does. Yeah, I'm excited to find that out. I'm excited to find that out. Um, so, yeah. Um, in my world. Um, well, first of all, I want to say I love the John Wick movies. Like, I typically enjoy really cerebral things, but John Wick is like the perfect popcorn brainless action movie. Because you like those martial art movies, right? And there's uh, a lot of that kind of like weird element to it, too. Like weird. I do. do. It's almost like B Kung Fu movie shit going on in it. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I I do. I I love that stuff. As a matter of fact, I passed out the other night to Ninja Hunter. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I absolutely adore those types of movies. Um, And it fits in that genre too it's a lot of homage to that a a lot of homage and it's just you know it's crisp like it the 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 thing with it is is that what makes you know a martial arts movie is kind of like you know um ip man if you've seen ip man with uh donnie um donnie yen um it's so crisp um and it's just you know the action scenes are, are the choreography is just you know is painstakingly perfect and i really feel that way with john wick like they didn't you know a lot of uh western action movies tend to kind of go a little bit loosey-goosey sometimes like all right that's good enough i feel like with john wick they're like no we have to nail it for this part especially i think of john wick 2 is john wick 2 the one with the mirror fight where they had all the mirrors yeah and the choreography in those movies are just fucking phenomenal and the fact that keanu reeves does all that like he doesn't use a stunt man. Anymore. No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. Um, uh, um, he trains a lot. I believe he trains quite a bit for those movies when he does them. Yeah. Um, and plus Ian McShane. I fucking love Ian McShane. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I Deadwood to. <laughs> yeah. Guys, fucking treasure. Yeah, he's 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 phenomenal. And, um, so yeah, you have all, you know, I, I love those ones. And I'm, again, I'm interested to hear what your, what your mystery movie is going to be. Um, as far as, um, uh, cast that movie and, uh, the office podcast, we're still on hiatus for that one. Um, so, you know, that's what it is. Um, it should be coming back January. Uh, it's so should cast that movie supposedly. So I'm happy that I'm hoping, um, that that will happen. Um, and then, uh, I am testing out a, uh, podcast, uh, this Friday. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And if that, if that turns into anything, if that gets put on the Joe down, we'll see how it turns out. I don't want to say anything because, um, but it's very, very, very much in the vein of what we do here. Uh, except it will be, if it does succeed, it will be a very clean version of another show, um, <laughs> that, um, that people enjoy. Well, I, I, I hope you don't, I hope you don't cut down Al Strobel in that one. Well, you know, I, I am still just shocked. 
fucking a. Um, it's, it's people so coming funny. up to me in grocery stores like, "What is up with that guy?" You podcast <laughs> <laughs> just kicking Al Strobel in the dick and his dyed fucking pubic hair. Um, <laughs> holy fuck so yeah the next one is the final Twin Peaks episode yeah it's been uh, a hell of a journey dude yeah it has it's been a lot of fun especially with you know Voldemort <laughs> causing us to be stuck in our homes yeah Voldemort's been a real bitch this year um but uh you know it's it's yeah this has been a great thing to kind of do um and and watch so and i think i i would be surprised if our next episode isn't really long because i think we'll really discuss um quite a few things i think our next couple of podcasts will probably go a little bit longer just to warn people um because now we're getting to the end where we're going to be kind of digging into all the different theories and things like that and i don't want to you know cut down anyone else's theories but again there was that one guy who said this is the definitive twin peaks answer fuck you yeah people were telling me to like check it out and then when he's he basically said that right at the start i was like well this isn't gonna bode well and then i got you know an hour into it i was like i i can't listen to this guy like to be that sure of your theory Mm -hmm. on something that's highly you know interpretive is, yes, it feels like a fool's errand. Then at that, and 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 you know, not to say that his that not he has to good say, points. It's just he has very good points. I want to bring that. It, it was the delivery. Yeah, it was the delivery of the message that I felt was what was off putting, and the the attitude with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just it, it, it turned me off right off right out the gate. I was just like, oh, here we go. Yep, because here, here's the thing, and. Uh, you know, I'm going to be fair warning on the, on the final podcast we do of the book. Um, you know, I, I, it's not to shit on the guy in any way, shape, or form, and I, I don't think we'll be shitting on him in, oh, in well, any sense. Not more strobel shitting, huh? <laughs> no, but I think we we'll, we will be bringing up like this person's thoughts and and how it fits into our own theories, right? Yeah. Not that our theories are correct. Like, you oh. know, I, I'm never going to sit there and say that you know I have the definitive or you have the definitive or anyone has. The definitive outside of David Lynch and Mark Frost, and even them, I bet dollars to fucking donuts that David Lynch has a different idea, a slightly different diverging idea than Mark Frost does yeah. when it comes to Twin Peaks. Yeah, and I'm sure neither of them understand everything completely about their own creation either. No, no, because they left it up to some ambiguity to allow for interpretation. And that was kind of the point. Is there some objective symbolism like when? David Lynch smashes the TV in Firewalk with me in the very beginning. Absolutely. But is that what the whole thing is about? No. Um, is the whole thing about numerology? No. Is the whole thing about electricity? No. Is the whole thing about, is it some kind of narrative that television and uh, the, the, the combination of the fight between the medium of television versus film versus literature? No. Um, you could take those things from it, but none of those things are, I, I, I will never say that this is the definitive answer to Twin Peaks. Yeah, because, you know, there probably isn't one. <laughs> and I think that's by design. And I think yeah. that's, that's, well, that's the, art. It's art. It's open yeah. interpretation. You, you don't look at a painting and be like, I'm 100% right on what this painting represents. 
It, it, it represents different things to different people. Yeah, because the thing is, is that you can have. I mean, this is you know one of the. I think this is why I, I think I love Lynch, because he'll sit there and he won't make his comment. Like I'm not going to say what my art's about because it's well, it's my art. That's to me. I'm not going to take away anyone other's idea of what art means to them. And there are some artists out there that are like, no, 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 no. This is what this meant. This is what you know what I mean. And it kind of takes away from some of the thing. Like, well, no, I th- no, you left it open you left your movie or your artwork or this open to interpretation so why are you being so definitive about what this exactly means um you know uh, I, I mean to be fair the one thing i would argue about real quick would be that you know i don't understand how a bunch of people that grew up with star wars about a bunch of rebels taking on empire suddenly think that you know our Trump supporters. I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how you missed the narrative. <laughs> Why do you hate America, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> I was under uh, the impression this was a pro-Trump <laughs> Twin Peaks podcast. <laughs> oh fuck! If, if that's the case, then you know what? You. I'm sure anyone that was left. Uh, when um, Denise came on board, <laughs> <laughs> they bowed out the minute Denise was portrayed as a serious character. Um, so, no, I, I just yeah. You know, again, I, I, I but I want to get in these things, and like I'm really interested because I, I don't know if you've started reading the the other book, the Skeleton Key. I have, and. There's some really interesting interpretation. I'm going to say right now, of course, I don't agree with everything, but there's some really interesting takes in that book. All right. All right. So, Joe, with that, what do we got left, buddy? What year is this? 